Welcome to Discover Healthier. Everything you need to know about health brought to you by Discovery Health. I'm Azania Musaka. You can join the conversation as we explore some of the most pressing matters in the healthcare environment today. A wide variety of topics and specialist guests will empower you to care for your health now and in the future. Many of us underestimate the fact that our mental health, which refers to our emotional, psychological and social well-being, is fundamental to our overall health. Our mental well-being affects how we think, how we feel and act. It also helps determine how we handle stress, how we relate to others and make life choices. It's about resilience and optimism, determination and growth. Maintaining our mental well-being means having the ability to thrive in our relationships and at work as well as play, despite the ups and downs of life and the challenges that come our way. I'm now joined by a brave, passionate and accomplished woman. Having experienced a lifelong struggle with depression and bipolar disorder, she takes us into what it's really like to have a mental illness and explains the courage that those with mental illness must find to function in the world. Her name is Letitia Duplessis. She is dynamic, vibrant, and super fit. And that's because she supports her therapy and medical treatment with a regime of healthy lifestyle habits that have allowed her to live her life to the full. So, Letitia, hi. How are you feeling today? Today, I'm feeling good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You've been so generous in coming and sharing your journey with us. And we want to unpack, you know, some of the things that have brought you to this point, this understanding, this deep level of self-awareness that uh, you now have. So if we explore, can we maybe just summarize for us how you came to be diagnosed with depression and then later bipolar disorder? I'm the youngest of uh, four. And when I was 14, I tried to commit suicide over a watch that I forgot in a friend's car. And it was my mom's running watch. And she had to do a race the next day. And my dad was, he was furious with me. And the disappointment, uh, disappointing them led to my turmoil. And that caused me to, to attempt suicide. Um, so that was 14. I was then diagnosed for the first time with a depression. Mm. Then onwards from high school years, it was managed but not treated very well. I went then overseas after matric. Um, that year, my dad committed suicide and I had to come back to South Africa to support my, well, to, to be there for my mom. I decided not to stay um, onwards and study overseas. I decided to come back to South Africa. And that was in 2008 and 2009. I started to study at Tux and there I had a second episode which led to my diagnosis of, of bipolar. Mm. Since then, I was... Treated, I managed it fairly well, um, treated with medication, treated it with professional help, uh, went to see psychiatrists and psychologists, tried out a few psychiatrists and psychologists until I got my, the person that I could feel comfortable with. Yeah. And in a nutshell, that was my, that's my 10 year journey. 
So are you able to explain to our listeners, to someone who's listening right now, what it means to have depression, what it means to have bipolar? Are you able to describe it? It's a dark world. <laughs> it is, it's not fun. <laughs> yeah. And I don't wish it upon anyone else. But it is, it is reality. And day to day, for a normal person, was seen normal, easy. For someone with depression, day to day can be impossible. So the smallest things can almost be what insurmountable to do. Yes. Mm. And does it start with literally getting out of bed? It does. It does. Therefore, routine is absolutely crucial. In my case, it helps that I have a husband who wakes me up at 4.30 every morning with a cup of coffee. I think if it wasn't for him, I don't know how I would be able to, to get up. Over weekends, I love going to race so very easily I can wake up for a race because it's it's a motivation. It's mm-hmm. it's something to do. Mm-hmm. Um that so without comes that easy structure, what would yeah. then happen? Nothing. It's you get consumed into your thoughts and your thoughts They become your reality, your world. Yes. Yeah. And trying to do just dishes or folding up the washing or taking out the trash. There are days that I have to really, really hard think about what I need to do, the reason why I'm doing it, and then full on convince myself that this needs to be done. But it is extremely difficult. I get a headache. If I can describe it in a physical manner, I get headaches just thinking of all the things that needs to be done around the house. But I'm restless because I can't, if I go lie down, then all these thoughts run around mm. and I so get it's anxious. Circle. It's a vicious circle because yeah. you, you feel guilty that you're not doing these things, but you sit and you're not able to to stand up and, and go do it. Mm. That's one aspect of depression. But you realize that the things that you're thinking aren't right. Mm-hmm. And I'm not talking about what's socially acceptable. It's just you realize that it's not right to think so negative about the world, about yourself, right. um, about anything. You you just realize it's it that's not it's mm. not how it should it's be. It's about the future, about your potential, your prospects. There's there's just they all just mired in, in, in dark and darkness and negativity. And sometimes they just don't exist. Yes. Yeah. Hmm. So it sounds like it's a lot of hard work to get yourself out of these thoughts. To Definitely. then wake up and go to work and go to the gym as you've come to, to enjoy and find a rescue through exercise. So what are some of the triggers when you explained earlier on, it sounded like what some may seem or what some may regard as everyday life things happening. You know, you lose a watch, your mother's watch, you're going to get into trouble naturally. But that triggered a, um, a depression episode where you, where you attempted suicide. So does everyday life things, is it easy for them to become triggers? Oh, definitely. Mm -hmm. Oh, definitely. I won't say especially in the workplace, but a workplace 
can, there are numerous triggers yeah. in the workplace and it can literally be the tone of voice, the tone of voice that someone uses and not meaning anything by it, mm-hmm. but they would say in a motherly, stern way, don't leave your cell phone on your table, it's going to get stolen. That can be a trigger. Wow. It can trigger a childhood memory yeah. where your mother punished painful. punished you mm. and and that's traumatizing. Mm-hmm. So yeah. anything anything like that. Um, mm. So you've also been um, through school. You were diagnosed at a very young age, at 14. Um, you went on to live independently as an au pair overseas. Yes. And you came back, you studied... And yes, there was the crisis when you were writing your exams that led to your bipolar diagnoses. But you are a professional now. You work within a corporate environment. There are lots of things that you've achieved in spite of your mental health conditions. What are you proudest of? That I'm, I uh, was able to finish two degrees. <laughs> I think... My last degree I was able to do, it's a three-year degree. I did a three-year degree part-time and I finished it and I almost had distinction in all of my subjects. Luckily, I was conditioned as a, as from a young age to work hard. Mm-hmm. My father expected that from me and I worked very hard to please him. So unfortunately, it has a bit of a negative association, but it's like... It's just a habit. Habits are very easier mm. to sustain with when you have a mental illness. Got you. Let's talk about work. You mentioned the workplace particularly. Um, do you share and have you shared your diagnoses with your managers or the teams that you have found yourself in over the years? I'm very reluctant to do that for the fear of being judged. I'm afraid of people looking differently at me or treating me differently. I want to be treated as an equal. I want to be treated for my ability, not for my condition. Unfortunately, there was an incident last year when I was hospitalized for two weeks. And then for that reason, I had to enclose the reason for my absence to my managers. And how did they receive it? Did the relationship change thereafter? Yes, in both cases. Uh, one for the good, one for the bad. I see. Yes. Let's so look at it, the bad. What's What's been the setback? The manager just treats me differently. And, and I won't say he treats me worse. He distanced himself from me. Okay. Where I was always able to ask him something or ask him even about prospects in the workplace. I don't feel that connection anymore. When it comes to being able to fulfill your work responsibilities, how has your depression and bipolar affected that, that ability to be able to go to work, to commit to work, to be a valuable team player? Has it ever gotten in the way? That is my biggest challenge. I refuse for it to influence my work. Hmm. Unfortunately, like I said last year, I had to be hospitalized for two weeks and that was the worst experience in my whole career. My aim and my passion is to keep on working regardless of my mental condition. 
and I refuse for it to to come in the way. Yeah. So when it did, I was more broken about the fact that I couldn't go to work or the fact that I was hospitalized and had to miss work than the fact that I was hospitalized. Mm. Work is my biggest drive force. It's my pride. I pride myself for the fact that I'm a hard worker and I need that. When you have depression, you need your drive, your, your drivers. You need your purposes. I need a purpose. I need a reason to wake up and go to work. Yeah. A few months ago, I felt, I felt like something was missing. I was doing my work, but it, it just came mundane and I was losing passion. Mm. And then I realized, but I was, beginning to stagnate or reached a plateau and I needed a new New ambition. I needed a new challenge. I needed purpose. Yes. And then once I've realized that, um, I could figure out what it is that drives me. And the question I kept on asking myself is just what, what makes me happy? And there's an aspect in my work that I love, absolutely love, and that's building reports. So, so I focused solemnly on being more effective and just building reports. And I do my other work as well. But this, when I've, once I've realized it, I just, the flame came back. <laughs> the fire in me came back. And, and that's what, what I need. Yeah. So that structure yes. is what keeps everything together. Now, you also exercise. You've thrown your your body into exercise. And you do a number of things. As a fellow hiker, I was happy to see that. Oh, she's a woman who loves the outdoors and enjoys hiking. What does exercise do for the management of your depression and bipolar? It's the chemicals that releases. Um, even though I'm passionate about exercising, that can also be... A very difficult task to be able to to convince myself to go and exercise. My husband and I we exercise at the same place at the same time after work, so we have accountability towards each other um, to go and train. And this isn't just any exercise. I think you're being so modest here. This is CrossFit, which is super intense. Anybody knows that this doesn't just ask a little bit out of you. It means you have to push your body. Yes. Yeah. Yes, it does. It's proven. Chemicals react in your brain and um, endorphins are released. And just for that, I, I keep on exercising. I mean, it's not long lasting, but for an hour or two, I can be truly satisfied. I can be happy. And yes, there are days when I'm not satisfied with my um, abilities or I feel like I did not do well enough or, you know, self-doubt that always comes into play. But I found a community where I can where I can exercise, they are very uplifting. Mm. So when I would say, oh, I did not do well enough, I did not do it fast enough, I wasn't strong enough, and my coach will always just tell me, but listen, this is what you achieved. You you did it faster than than the rest of the class or or something like that. that. And mm. he just reminds me that even though I have self-doubt, that reality actually shows something different. Yes, you gain perspective. Yes, yes. 
Are you a member of Vitality? Yes, I am. What's your status since you work out so much? Uh, actually, I'm now diamond. Does that help in structuring your, your physical goals? Definitely. So like I said, there are days that it's very difficult to go out and train. Yeah. But with Vitality, it incentivizes me. So if I know I have only 300 more points to to gain for the week in order to get my coffee, um, then that's an incentive mm. for me to, to go out for a 30-minute run. That truly, truly helps. I cannot emphasize it. I'm very devastated when I don't get reach my goals. Mm-hmm. And it's a very, very positive game that I play for myself. It's not, yes, so like I said, I, I do get disappointed, but it's just so that I'm motivated more the next week to go and get my points. So for your brain, having the goals that are set through the Vitality program keeps you going. It keeps you more active. It keeps you releasing those endorphins that help you feel good. It helps you change, in fact, the the composition of the hormones in your body and help you keep the ones that make you feel good more often. Definitely. Definitely. That's quite a link. Yes. It's gamifying through through your watch. You can see your results. You can see your progress. You can see, and then it's linked to vitality. It keeps things interesting. That's also one thing that my brain needs is once anything becomes mundane, my brain stagnates. I need change and I need something to, so that it's interesting, evolving, yeah. challenging yeah. in order for me to stay sane. In essence. So there are clearly a number of building blocks, a number of elements that help you manage your mental health condition. Um, how much of a factor is eating and what you put into your body? Very important. I, I tried to experiment with different types of food. I went on different eating plans. The one that I found, it was a company that I used to order food and then they deliver the food and you make your own, um, they give the recipes and, yeah. and so on. And they supplied organic food. And that to me, I could really, really, I experienced that it made a big difference in my mental health. Mm. Um, my mental capa- um, capacity increased. I was able to study. Well, I was always able to study at night, but when I ate, organic food, I could really feel that I have better mind power. Mm. I didn't feel sleepy. I didn't feel tired. I was more energetic. Um, So definitely when I experienced with organic food, it did make a big, big difference. Mm. But since then, I've always always eaten healthy. And I, I can feel the difference when I've eaten too many sweets or... Uh, too much meat, I can feel the difference. And I mean, taking alcohol is, I wouldn't say it's a no-no, but I have to carry the consequences. Yeah, so clean living. Clean living. Some of the literature also indicates that um, meditation has incredible benefits. Have you gone down that route? That is a new venture that I'm that I'm pursuing. Yeah. It started with last year, I went on a pilgrimage in Spain and that was the best place. So I've always knew about meditation and I was introduced 
to meditation through my brother. He he gave me a course to do, and so I got a, a little sense of what it what you need to do, what it means, what what you can accomplish. But it's very difficult actually to put it in practice until I went on to the pilgrimage, where I mean, all you do is you, you walk and you're in your own mind and. It can actually be for someone who, who suffers from depression, that can actually be very daunting to, wow, you just walk and think. I mean, that's actually what you don't <laughs> want to do. But there, there, you, because you don't want to think, there you learn to meditate. You, you learn your mantras, setting up mantras for yourself. What's yours? Oh, your numerous. Mantras? Yeah. They are, they are, every day is, is something different. Um, for instance, productivity, motivation, energy. That would be, every day I choose three words to motivate me through the day. And it, when you're walking, you would know as a hiker, you have, I don't know if you hike with a stick. Yes, sometimes. Yes. Yeah. So you, you find a rhythm. So it, that just the sound, of your stick and your feet walking is a rhythm and then you can say up a man a mantra with along with that and that made it easier to to learn to meditate and the, i mean there are numerous forms of meditation that's what's beautiful about it and and you found one that works for you yes yeah. and it it just helps um. to guide my thoughts i think that's the most important um, thing that I've learned through med- meditation. It just, when my thoughts feel cluttered and fuzzy, nothing clear is going on, you just, just close your eyes and think of three words or whatever the case might be to clear, to steer your thoughts into a better space. It's absolutely powerful. Very, very powerful. So if we look back, was there anything in your family and your background and your family history that has allowed you to understand your conditions even better? Definitely. So I'm, I'm diagnosed with chronic depression, bipolar depression. It's genetic. So my, my dad, as well as his mother, committed suicide. Even though they weren't diagnosed and even though that they did not receive treatment, you know, for the era that they lived in and and the stigma around depression at that stage, I was able to understand the fact that what I'm living with, I could accept the fact that I'm diagnosed is easier. And with my dad's death, at one stage, I had empathy mm. for for what he had to go through. Mm. I could not, I did not really know what he what he went through, but I could imagine, and I could, I really had empathy after after working through everything. Once all the hate and sadness, once that has passed, yes. you get an empathy, and I could understand what he went through, and I could understand why he did what he did. Mm. Wow. Um, but it doesn't end there. You have great champions and inspirations in the form of your mom and your sister. Tell me about them and the kind of role they've played in helping you along this journey. Well, my mother, sure. Looking at her, even today, she's almost 70 and 
I admire her lustful life. She still works. She's a fisher, and she is truly passionate about her work. And she gets up every day with a smile on her face. It's inspiration for me to see someone being so positive every day about almost everything. I cannot un- always understand it because I'm not that positive in my own thoughts. Mm. But to me, that's something to strive for. I would like to be like my mother. She's also, she's a runner or she's now a walker. And her passion for sport drove me to, to my passion for sport. It's, it's just, it's, it's something that I felt like I've always needed to do. It's not like because I want to be like her or I want to be accepted, but it's, it's just an inspiration. It's something different, you know, mm. it's something different. And the same with my sister. She's also a very positive person. She lives in England, so I don't see her often. Her accomplishments in her sport has always, it's always been an inspiration for me. She's been able to do the Ironman twice. Mm. She, she's, also just so fit and healthy and it's it's beautiful it's absolutely beautiful and because they are my family members i feel like well it's probably somewhere in my genes so <laughs> i can i can be yes. like like that in in a sense cuz the reason why i ask is that the people we are surrounded by you know can enable us can better support us on this journey so for our listeners who are whose family members have bipolar or depression or another mental illness you know they also walk this journey from a different perspective they have a different experience uh, but they play a part in one way or another in in shaping your experience of your mental health condition definitely because they don't suffer from depression or yeah. they have a different outlook on life and they teach me through their outlook how I should be able to look at life. I think that's that's where you can distinguish between your negative thoughts and what should be positive thoughts. Having that type of inspiration or examples, then you can realize, but what I'm experiencing, what I'm thinking, sure, that. That's not right because my sister's much more. She would see the apple green where I would see it red, but I'm the negative one. So maybe it is right. green. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, Can we talk about your husband? The one, as you said, he brings you coffee first thing in the morning, which is just so darling and beautiful. Um, but he also has a mental health condition. How does having a life partner um who can relate to your experience support you we're a match in made in heaven he understands so when i do come to him and say mm. i cannot i i cannot think straight i am i'm i'm depressed i i don't feel well and he just he's there and he comforts me and he knows what the right words to say people tend to say oh, but it will be okay you'll get over it and that's not always something that you want to hear right he he would say yep it's, it's time fine. to go see the doctor or or, or yeah right. or or he he will hmm. acknowledge my feelings because it's not always about taking the feelings away one should acknowledge what you're feeling and he would be there for me and say okay well this is what you're feeling let's go through this it's it's going to be okay, but 
Mm-hmm. Let's let's go through this. Let's walk together through this. Tell me what you're thinking. Tell me what you're experiencing. You cannot always resonate, but yeah. he's there. Yeah. And and that's much more and he doesn't judge me. He doesn't take it away from me the fact that I feel sad or depressed. And he he just always supports me. Mm-hmm. In a sense he understands because he has his own demons to fight. And I can I can help him with with that. I can be there for him for that. So therefore we have a balance. Yeah. Um medication. What is your attitude about medication to manage mental health? And are you on medication? I'm definitely on medication. It is absolutely absolutely crucial. Especially if you diagnose with a chronic depression or bipolar, there is no other cure. I had friends who had depression and they were able to get off their medication and good os for them. Um I tried and it just it doesn't it just doesn't work for me. Mm-hmm. I do sometimes forget. Therefore it's it's just so important to have a routine exactly when and where you you have to drink your medication and if that routine is broken you tend to forget you whatever the case might be and it it's dangerous it's mm-hmm. it's it's not a, a happy place if you forget your medication yeah you can even even go as far to say you can get withdrawal s- symptoms if you forget your medication which is much worse mm-hmm. but yeah and and I know of of people who who dropped their medication and then they had had to be rehabilitated again yeah. or hospitalized and it is absolutely a crucial part of the journey not the only solution but it is crucial and medical doctors and professionals will be able to explain exactly why it is so vital to drink the your medication why it's vital to drink the right medication because there are numerous combinations that the doctors can um prescribe it is very interesting to see or, or to know what the medication does to one's brain but unfortunately so in my case my downside of drinking medication is that sometimes i just feel numb mm. so it's because it stabilizes me um most of the time i actually don't i'm not too happy and i'm not too sad so it sometimes it just feels like i don't have any feelings and that's also something hard to live with mm. something sad happens and then i feel what Mm-hmm. it just doesn't affect me that's difficult in society to be able to to cope with so what would you like to have the rest of society know about people with mental health to treat everyone with kindness regardless of of their condition because it's not the condition it's what causes the condition that that breaks my heart it is family history family history mm. but i would like people to or the world society to have more knowledge of what it means to be depressed or the difference between what it means to be depressed and just feeling down would you say that in an uh, an inadvertent gift has been your level of self-awareness yes definitely 
And it comes from a young age when I've, I always had a diary, numerous diaries. I always wrote in, in diaries. And through that, I was always able to reflect on what I'm thinking, who I am, where I'm at. And that helped me to understand or just to let out what I'm feeling. I learned myself through my diary. So I started at a very young age and I remember reading it again when I was 17, 18 and reflecting on my development made me realize of who and what I am and being able to see what I can accomplish where I thought, well, I'm not able to, to, to strive for higher heights. Mm. Um, but then reading back, well, I'm not that bad, you know, so that, that, that type of thing. Um, so I'm very fortunate that I was able to do that. Mm. I know it doesn't sit in anyone or everyone to, to write and to reflect. And it's, it's a difficult, it's very difficult. Mm. Um, you don't want to always be consumed in your own mind and thoughts. And the reality of, of your own thoughts can, can be harsh yeah. and can be hurtful. Um, so, but it is, it was my saving grace. The fact that I knew who I was, that I knew what I'm able to, to accomplish, but knowing that what's going on in my mind is not going to help me accomplish anything. Mm-hmm. And therefore I seeked out help. Mm-hmm. And since you're so goal orientated, what's on the other side? What's next? for you i'm going to study again next year (laughs) um always i love knowledge so the the prospect of being able to learn something new and being able to apply it in my work it it's it excites you it very much very much and um i have more sport events lined up for this year um, more CrossFit competitions, more, more medals to collect. <laughs> I hope so. I hope so. And more running races. And, um, I went, I went on a hike end of, end of last year. I was thinking, Oh, what are my, all my goals for the year? And I listed them and thought about them. And then I realized, but these are goals that I should have. That society expects me to have. My husband just asked me, but what makes you happy? And I was actually stunned by the question and I couldn't answer it. And the rest of the, the hike that was halfway, five kilometers. And so the, the next five kilometers, I pondered about what does make me happy or what is it that makes me happy? And I listed I think three things as I said, my, my dogs and they're my fur kids, um, hiking or being in the outdoors and my, and my husband. And so I realized that this year my prospect is to focus on what makes me happy, not what, sh- what I should be doing, not what society expects me to do, but what makes me happy. And it's basically so I've lined up more holiday. Weekend mm-hmm. breakaways. <laughs> May it be a fantastic year. It's been really incredible just getting insights into your beautiful brain. Thank you so much, Letitia. My biggest pleasure. Thank you.
If you've enjoyed listening to this podcast, then make the most of another opportunity to deepen your understanding of mental health. Tune in to listen to an expert doctor and psychiatrist who join me as we delve into managing mental illness. We also chat to two brave young women, Guguma Sondo and Dr. Nogukanya Kanyile, about their personal journeys through mental illness and how this led them to start public conversations aimed at demystifying these conditions and addressing the stigma faced by those who suffer from mental illness. Thank you for listening to this episode of Discover Healthier, brought to you by Discovery Health. Join the conversation on social media with the hashtag Discover Healthier and tag at Discovery underscore SA. You can subscribe to our podcast channel, Discovery South Africa, on your favorite podcast app or visit discovery.co.za to listen to our shows.